Hey, Camp Kids, welcome back to the Camp Kids podcast. I'm your host, Joe Bob, and I'm on a mission to bring together a community of camp people from all around the world. Whether you are currently in your camp experience or it's been a while since you've been at camp, when you're with us, you're at home. Today, I'm bringing you an extra special episode about my time at Girl Scout Camp Robbinswald. Now, this camp is in a remote part of Washington. Correct me if I butcher the name wrong, but I believe it's pronounced Lillawap. Washington, which is off of the Hood Canal. If you're not familiar with Washington geography, this is the western part of Washington. The canal is connected to ocean water. So if you look at a map of Washington and you see this big opening at the top, you see where the ocean water comes in. A canal is just one of those vessels that comes off of it. So very unique part of Washington. The time frame that I was visiting was August 6th through 12th. So beginning slash middle of august beautiful absolutely beautiful weather out there now i will say the entire time that i was out there and i believe for the entire summer that this camp experienced they were under a burn ban because they were not receiving quite enough rain so for my kansas city love and heart the sunshine and the 75 degree weather was absolutely wonderful a nice break from the heat and humidity that i was receiving However, for people that are native to Washington, that was super duper hot. And I will say the sun did hit quite a bit differently in Northern Washington, middle Washington than it did in Kansas City. So by the end of my week, I was feeling a little bit more like a Washingtonian acclimated to the weather. But that being said, can't really complain about the weather. Now, if you've been a longtime listener of the podcast, you might remember I released an episode in early July with my friend Nerd. Nerd had reached out to me because of two camp staff named Shrek and Clover about promoting their camp on the podcast to try and get some more staff members. Now, at the time when I was hearing this, I was like, ooh, Shrek and Clover, I've made my way out to Washington. Well, when I arrived, I actually realized Shrek and Clover were my campers at my home camp, and now they were serving as counselors in the state of Washington. They had done a road trip all the way out from Missouri to visit this beautiful, beautiful camp. So little beknownst to me, it was a huge surprise to be able to reunite with some campers that I'd had back in my day. So that's how I found out about Camp Robbinswald. And as soon as I heard that they were looking for staff, I knew that I wanted to spend some time doing a sessional during one of my very short breaks as a year round educator. And it just so happened that I was going to be able to fly out and visit them. Now, if you were listening earlier in this year, I was attempting to do a sessional at a different Girl Scout camp. However, California state law regulates that if you are working at a resident camp, that you do a fingerprinting background check and those can take up to three to five business days to pass. And for my budget's sake, I wasn't going to be able to hang out for about three to five business days. So that's why that sessional didn't work out. I'm going to try and make some accommodations for next year so that I'll be able to experience another type of Girl Scout resident camp as well. But that's neither here nor there. That's why I ended up at Robbinswell, which after having this experience, I am so, so, so very glad that I did. Anyway, they were so very accommodating. PJ, also known as Prince John, picked me up from the airport from Seattle, Tacoma, also known as SeaTac, in the crazy traffic that we had to dive through through Olympia to be able to get to camp. So that was wonderful. They also gave me an opportunity to stop at a grocery store and stock up on snacks, which 
at the time I was like, oh, you know, I probably won't need too much. And of course, when you go to the grocery store hungry, you end up buying the whole grocery store, which I was very glad that I did as this camp is a very athletic camp. I burned probably anywhere from 750 calories to over a thousand calories a day just to experience camp to the fullest. So I was very glad when I was able to go to the grocery store and pack up on snacks so that I could stay fueled and energized throughout my entire week at this camp. So if you end up going out to this camp, understand it is in a pretty remote location. Do tank up on food and snacks before you go out there. My first impressions of the camp were it was just absolutely gorgeous. Being from middle Missouri, it is very green out here during the summertime, but I am definitely not accustomed to the rainy seasons, uh, the prehistoric looking plants. So known the one that was the most popular was the frond. In fact, I even bought a sweatshirt that says make new fronds on it. I didn't buy it the first day that I was had access to the trading post because, you know, being from middle Missouri, I was like, what is a frond? I don't understand this. And then I was like, oh, it's the plant that's on the sweatshirt. So I will be proudly wearing that sweatshirt out here in Missouri and educating my Missouri brethren about what a frond is. But for someone who hadn't been to the Pacific Northwest in this area before, I was like, oh my gosh, I've stepped into Jurassic Park. And actually there is a place on the upper property of camp that is called Jurassic Park which have plants that are huge. I mean, I ran into a leaf that was bigger than the size of my face. Just giving you all an idea. Anyway, back to first impressions of this camp. I already felt immediately at home. I arrived just before nightfall. We had about an hour or so before night was going to fall. So I had plenty of time to see what the camp was like during the daytime at sunset. It had been a sunny day, so the sunset was absolutely gorgeous. Seeing the Hood Canal for the first time with pinks and purples and blues in the sky was absolutely incredible. I already felt a sense of awe, beauty, and that I was already at home. The camp is very much well put together, at least the main parts where everybody is sleeping. So walking around wasn't that big of a deal. Finding out where everything is wasn't that big. The only thing that was very different I would say is the outdoor toilet situation. Now I am not one that is used to using flushable toilets all the time. I have used porta potties. I have used latrines, outdoor toilets, you name it. I have used it. However, since this was a very well put together camp, their outdoor toilets were all housed within their little units and they had a very special name for them that I had never heard of before. They called these outdoor toilets biffies. And that stands for bathroom in forest for you. So many jokes, so many things came across from the Biffy. I don't know what it was about it, but I do love using the term Biffy, saying I have to go Biff, I'll be back in a jiff. All those sort of jokes came from the word Biffy. I really enjoyed that little whimsical aspect of having to use the toilet out in the woods. Now, for my friends who are listening, a Biffy is just a latrine. It's not anything weird. It's not popping a squat behind a tree. It's literally just a latrine in the unit. So anyway, my first impressions were beautiful. The ocean life at camp was absolutely breathtaking. So this camp does have a touch tank that you can use. I didn't use the touch tank until about in the middle of the week. And I had already had a chance to kind of get out on the water just a little bit while I was out there. I did think that I was going to freeze and need a wetsuit. However, I never used a wetsuit anytime that I went out on the water. 
It was a little cold, but as long as you kept moving, honestly, you were fine. There was one day where I did have to do my rock to dock training. It was on the first Monday that I was at camp and the water was super duper choppy. I mean, we had already tried to get our campers to do their swim test and it was way too choppy then. And it was like, well, this is our only time that we're going to be able to swim before we do this rock to dock challenge, which is a swimming challenge. And we were going to need to swim for 30 minutes. And we pretty much just had to stay really close to the dock, but we didn't encounter any jellyfish or any, anything weird while the water was super choppy at the time. But I will say getting into salt water and swimming, not technically in ocean water for the first time was pretty magical. So the swimming test is pretty athletic, I would say, compared to working at just a normal pool summer camp. And then everybody who does boating is required to do what is called a tippy test, where you have to tip over a canoe, you have to tip yourself out of one and then uncapsize it from the dock. Now doing that in choppy water is not easy. We were fighting against a current and the waves and man, that was hard, but we did it and we were able to do some Kiwi kayaking along the canal. So that was really fun. We also ran into a lot of seals. I even got a really nice picture of a seal and her pup on the rock that we started our rock to dock challenge on. We even saw porpoise at some points in time. I did see a moon jellyfish that was like dead and beached on the beach, but I didn't see any other types of jellyfish while I was out there. I saw a moon snail in the touch tank, a starfish, many clams, many crabs. I was very shocked to see how many little crabs and even big crabs that I saw on land. But the ocean life was pretty nice. Didn't run to any sea otters while I was there, but we did see their poop. So I know that they were there at some point in time. The next thing I wanted to talk to you guys about is my unit stay. So all of these cabins are what are called open air cabins, which means they don't have doors and they don't have windows. Now they do have slits that are open at the top so that you can get the nice sea breeze to fly through the cabin, which does feel really nice at night, I will say. However, in the cabins that I was staying in, in the unit called Grove, we did need to put up a privacy line since we did use the cabins for changing because you can see like directly right through them. So there was that. However, we had our workaround that made that work. Also, as I mentioned, the units were really close together. Now, if you've not met my camp persona, Joe Bob, I am a little boisterous. I am a little loud. I'm a little obnoxious. And so I introduced the idea of a toothbrush party while I was out at camp. A toothbrush party is where you all get your toothbrush and toothpaste and you meet at the spigot. And while you're brushing your teeth, you're singing at the top of your lungs to a song. It could be a camp song. It could be a pop song. As long as it's camp appropriate, it's awesome. The way that this actually first started was at my home camp when I was with a bunch of brownies, which are second and third graders. I had just gotten a magical singing toothbrush. And at this point in time, I was totally obsessed with the artist, Justin Bieber. So what was the song that we sang to at every toothbrush party? We played Baby by Justin Bieber. Well, there was one night where I really wanted to have a toothbrush party and nobody else was coming down to brush their teeth. Now it was like 9.30 at night. So kind of verging on the account of bedtime. So then what did I decide to do? I decided to have a toothbrush party all by myself and sing to the top of my lungs, baby, while brushing my teeth. And some other units did not appreciate that. So 
that's when I kind of learned, oh, well, our units are really close together and you have to be very mindful of that while you're traveling about the units. So besides that little part, everything else was set up really beautifully. Something that I took on a challenge of myself while I was at Camp Robbinswald is to earn their beads. They have a really unique bead system at Camp Robbinswald. If you listen to Nerd's episode, they mentioned that everybody gets a blue Robbinswald bead and a first year bead, which is a white bead. So I took it upon myself to earn as many beads as I possibly could to include official camp beads and counselor camp beads. Now, unfortunately, you're just gonna have to go as a counselor to figure out what some of the counselor camp beads are, but I am gonna explain to you some of the beads that I did earn as a as an official bead. So the first one that I earned was Jim's bead. Jim, to my understanding, was the camp ranger slash site manager of this property for 40 years and maybe even more. And he helped establish a lot of the trails that are at Camp Robbinswald. So to earn his bead, you have to hike all of the trails. There is an ultimate gym speed where you do it all in like one day. But since I was only there for a week and working with kids, there was no way I was going to be able to get it all done in one day. However, I did get them all done. So I got to hike out to Primitive Point at sunset, which was a beautiful experience. We got to see the sunset over the canal. We saw a lot of seals out there and I got to even take my campers out there. We read them a story and they finally asked, they're like, can we just sit in silence and, and enjoy this beautiful point? And we we're like, absolutely we can. And then we wanted to lure the seals in. Fun fact, seals really like slow and somber music. So we got to teach them linger and sung it on the primitive point rock over the sunset of the canal. It was absolutely beautiful. That was one of the trails. Another trail was the Bunyan Trail, which you get to see a bunch of trees that are like 350 years old along the trail. So took lots of pictures of big old trees. It was a lot of fun. The next trail that I hiked while I was there was the trail out to what is called Big Doug. Now, Big Doug is a big old Douglas fir tree, probably way over 350 years old. They've built a little platform that you can hike up to and admire Big Doug. And in fact, my group of campers wrote a song called Big Doug, which I will be releasing later this week about our trip to Big Doug. I ended up hiking out to Big Doug three times. So Big Doug, you can kind of hit an adjacent to when you are hiking the Bunyan Trail. So I went and saw him out there there so I could get some pictures of him. We ended up taking our campers out to Big Doug on day two or three of our unit time. And we went over, we had edible fires as our camp snack since we were under a burn ban and couldn't actually build fires. I read them the story of Pippaluck about whales since we had just done a whaling unit that day. And it was also our third requirement to be able to earn the ocean explorer beat, which I'll go into in just a minute. The last two trails that I had to hike were the Blue Ribbon Trail and the Lake Armstrong Trail. So what I did is I hiked all the way up to Lake Armstrong, which is up on the upper property. You have to cross a highway to be able to access it. It's a beautiful little lake up there, all pretty much uphill. And I did that early morning one time. I also hiked the Bunyan Trail on one of my breaks, which probably shouldn't have done, but it only took an hour. So I had an hour to recover afterwards. So I got up super early to be able to hike up to Lake A. 
there was a beautiful biffy up there that I was able to partake in while I was up there. And then I hiked down the blue ribbon trail. So there were some other spots along the way that are really beautiful, some primitive camping spots that you can definitely utilize with some older campers. And I hiked down blue ribbon. And with that, I was able to earn gym speed. So besides earning Jim's bead, I was also able to earn the Ocean Explorer's bead. So to be able to do that, you have to do a beach walk, which was awesome for me because I was able to bring the tradition of friendship rocks to Camp Robbinswell. So with it being on a canal, with the tide coming in and out, and with there being creeks that feed fresh water into the canal, there are rocks known as friendship rocks along the beach. I have already kind of explained in past episodes, I believe the camp memorabilia episode of what a friendship rock is. And so I was able to bring that tradition to Camp Robbinswell. So we hunted for friendship rocks. We admired some seashells, found crabs, found the moon jelly, all that sort of good stuff. We also had a talk about whales with our nature specialist and got to do some experiments to feel what blubber felt like and what it was like to try and eat if you were a whale. And then we also read the story of Pipaluk at Big Doug. And so we not only read the story, but talked about the historical facts behind it, how we can help our environment now that we've discussed all these things. And we earned the Pearl Ocean Explorer bead. I also earned both the night owl bead and the early morning bead. So to earn the early morning bead, you have to attend three early morning sessions. One was the sunrise painting, which I'm not a painter but I did learn what purple mountain majesty was when I was doing the painting because the mountains do kind of look purple in the morning and in the evenings. You have to do a morning hike. So this was the third time that I went out to Big Doug. Me and my campers that went on this hike finally got to sing Big Doug to Big Doug and it was a very magical moment. And then the third thing that you have to do is you have to either go boating, early morning boating, or do a polar plunge, which is where you get into the canal really quick in the morning and sing like the ABCs. So I did the sunrise painting, the hike, and I did kiwi kayaking on the canal. And that's how I got the early morning bead. The night owl bead, you have to do three things at night. So the three things that we did were a night hike that was to the primitive point where we saw the seals and sang linger. We also did phosphorus swishing after all camp. It's where you take a paddle into the canal and you swish it around and you can see the plankton light up at night because it's their defense mechanism of being in the water. Now it wasn't like there was a whole bunch of plankton that you saw light up. It kind of light up like fireflies, but in the water. And we did get to see a few. So that was really cool. We also slept along the bulkhead out at night, which was the best sleep that I had gotten. Also, that was the last night of camp, which shout out to all my friends who had worked at Minahama with me, where we would bring the entire camp down into the apple orchard and sleep under the stars the last night of camp. Definitely gave me those vibes. It was nice and cool because we had the sea breeze on us and it was the clearest night. So we got to see a beautiful array of stars while we were out there. So I earned that early morning and night owl. I also got my rock to dock bead. So the rock to dock challenge is where we went and we hiked out to the furthest unit south, which is Barnacle Bay. We hopped in the canal next to the huge Barnacle Bay rock. And then we swam all the way north up to the dock. This is probably less than a third of a mile of a swim, but the way that you have to do it is you have to swim in a buddy line 
and you're pretty much just barely treading water the entire time. So it took like 45 minutes to do when if I did it by myself, I could probably do it in like 25 minutes. But to stay safe, we all had to do it that way. And we sang camp songs the entire way. And it was really, really, really fun. And I would probably do it again. A couple of charms that I also got. Well, one, I put my friendship rock that I found on the beach on my necklace. I also gave away some other friendship rocks too. But I did put the, when you get a hug, you get a hug, that sort of deal. You do have to kind of mold it, meld it to the necklace so that it doesn't fall off. And then I also got a very special charm from Dusk. When I ended up performing my water wrap that I wrote a long time ago in my resident camp experience. It was like Monday or Tuesday night of the camping session because I told the campers at my table, the requirement is two cups of water. Now, these cups are like tiny little teacups. So not very hard to actually get down two cups of water. Well, they ended up like drinking seven cups a piece and had to like go use the biffy like or halfway through the meal. So I told them I would go up and perform the water wrap if they all drank three cups or more. So since they blew it out of the water, I went up and I performed it and Dusk gave me this water bottle charm to put on my necklace as well. So those are the official camp beads that I got. I got a few counselor beads as well. But as I mentioned earlier, you'll just have to go as a counselor to figure out how to earn some of those beads. The only other big thing that I'm taking away from this experience is their songs. Oh my goodness. As a music educator and for traveling around to some different camps, I thought I knew quite a few songs already. Almost every single song that they sang at this camp were songs that I had never heard of before. And I think that that's just because this camp has been around for almost 100 years and because they frequently get people from all around the country to come to this camp. So they had us three Missourians. Also, there was a fourth Missourian, shout out to Bumble, who I got to see along the way there too. But unfortunately, she left as I was just starting my camp experience there. We also had three Girl Scouts from Texas that were there who were also sharing their songs as well. And then they also have a couple of other camps in the same council that we had had some camp staff members there too. So the songs were completely different. They sang in parts, they sang in rounds. It was absolutely beautiful. They also have this tradition of serenading campers on the last night of camp where they sing very sweet lullabies to them. They travel around to all the units and sing. We also sang by ourselves one song to our campers at the end of each night too, which was really fun. So I will definitely be recording and dropping some of those songs on the YouTube channel. So be on the lookout for that. Also, they just incorporated singing all the time. They sang on the singing steps before every meal on the singing steps. They also sang to the campers as they entered the dining hall, as they were cleaning up. We sang on the trails. Singing was very incorporated into this camp experience. And as a music teacher, I was completely in all for that. So with that being said, that is kind of my Robin's Weld experience all summed up into a little tiny bow for you guys. Will I go back to Camp Robin's Weld? Absolutely. I'm going to try and find my way to come back to it so that I can experience that camp magic again. So thank you to everyone who made my camp experience magical. Shout out to Pastel, Cabazoa, shout out to Fletch, shout out to Blueberry, shout out to Nerd, shout out to Shrek and Clover, and many, many, many other people who helped make my camp experience super magical. Well, Camp Kids, 
that's kind of all that I've got for you today. Make sure to share, like, and subscribe to the podcast if you're enjoying the Camp Kids podcast. Let's keep this Camp Kids community growing by spreading it to others who are also a part of the camp community. Please leave us a rating or review, preferably a five-star rating so that others can help find this podcast as well. Next week, I've got another interview lined up for you with some experience with 4-H camps. That's all that I have for you for now, but remember that this is good night and not goodbye.